Today's episode is brought to you by Diane Kinlaw of Go Prime Mortgage and Jamie Tulak of EXP Realty. And, and, and in that, there's two kind of people. There's people who want the success because of the power, right? And yep. they feel powerful, so it's more of an ego thing. Yep. And yep. then you have people who want the success because they know then the success is going to really help them to achieve their dream, to be able to give back to the community, yeah. to be able to do all these things that they wanted to do. So, you know, I think sometimes we also need to see where is that success and security driven? Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. driven by the ego, by like, I want it all. And then at the end, we end up having nothing when we go that route usually. And yeah. or do we just want the, really the dream of community really at the end? Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Welcome to today's show. This is the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast, where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. I'm your co-host, Sarah Madras. And I am your other co-host, Jenny Midgley. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's episode, we have the beautiful Katia Rave. She has an amazing path that has brought her to this point. Right now, she's a business coach and speaker and business consultant for people who really want to elevate and scale to the next level. We are so happy to have you here with us today. So thank you for joining us. No, thank you so much for having me. This is a joy to come here. I was excited to be at the studio, but, you know, obviously, maybe I'll have the opportunity to do that. I want to see it. Yes, definitely. You have to come in and be like Mm -hmm. part of our live studio audience or something. I know. know. That's one of the exciting things is that when the quarantines are all lifted and we're able to be back together, Joe moved into a new studio space and we're able to have people live. Yeah, I got I got impeccable business timing. I moved right into a brand new <laughs> video studio space. Right, right as everybody when we got, got allowed to go. Stay at home, everybody. Don't yes. go to Joe's business. <laughs> right. We were communicating the week leading up to the Wake County stay at home order. And like every day it was, well, Durham's doing this today and then Charlotte's doing this the next day. And we think it's probably coming for us too. So let's just- I haven't got to do one in there yet. So I'm excited to get back. Oh yeah. Well, you did guys who do stuff in there, right? Yeah, but it was was all Zoom. I didn't get to do like the cool four camera setup, whole shebang that I've been excited Mm -hmm. about trying out. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, And Katya has a podcast as well. I that do, you record I do. in your house, right? I do. Rave with Katia Harvey. It's all about business and how to grow your business and what strategy do you need to use. And and it's also kind of, a, it's a podcast where I get to rant a little bit about daily things that I see happening really can affect the business and people don't really think about that. I just kind of give a, a totally different perspective also on, hey, if, if you're going to be acting like that in public, mm-hmm. people remember you. Yes. Do you feel like that platform gives you the freedom to say things that you wouldn't normally say to clients? Yeah. Face to face? Yes. I mean, on the podcast, I call it how it is. I see a lot of people look at my life. They're like, I want to be her. And they all want a lot of them. They're like, I want to be her because she's successful and we see her everywhere and she's on stage everywhere, but they don't want to do the work I'm doing. So I can That's say that true. on the podcast. That's true. 
yeah. I, on my podcast, I can say, you know what, people are too lazy. It's a big part of, of my keynote speech too. It's like whether it is with children or, I mean, my point of view is I am not going to apologize for winning just because other people around me are losing. That's really a huge, huge, that's how the fundamental of my business is really built. This is how I teach. And whether it is with money, people who are broke, I'm like, well, there's something called budget. You do not spend more than what comes in. Simple. It's Mm -hmm. same thing with weight. It's the same thing with the work, with entrepreneurship. It's like, you got to put in the work. And it is. I I keep hearing all these people say, it's easy. Quit your job because you're going to have freedom, because you're going to have money. Oh my gosh, it is so not true. It is. I mean, entrepreneurship is more work. It's less freedom, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely if you want it and want it bad and willing to put the work on it. So yeah, the podcast basically helps me to be able to say this kind of thing that I can't really say too, too much beside in front of an audience when I give my keynote, you know, and then I think they love me. I think it's a matter too of just knowing what your life vision and what your mission is. Cause you said like, Hey, people want my life, but they don't want to work as hard as I do for it. And I know personally, I have that. I want to be successful. I want to, you know, like take it to the next level, but I also want my life vision to match. That's right. So I know I'm very aware that I'm not willing to work 80 hours a week. I know that this is my boundary when it comes to that. And if I have to work 80 hours a week in order to achieve that threshold, then I don't want that threshold because it's not in alignment with my life vision. Love what you said, Sarah, because one of the first exercises that I give my client is what do you want your life to be in five years? And then we build the business around that because each stages of our life, if you have little children, you don't want to work 80 hours. Now, when you are where I am, where my oldest is 22, then I have a 17, almost 18 year old. And I really only have one more at home who's 14. And I'm more likely to be putting a lot more hours right now right? because I know I can do that. But 10 years ago, totally not. I wanted yeah. to do every game. I was at every yep. uh, award at school. I was doing the reading. I was doing the lunches. I mean, my kids are so sick to see me in their school. They're like, it's okay, you can miss the game now. You know? yeah. And I think that's the thing, though, is that people compare where they're at to where people, like, they're not at the same. You know what I mean? Like, right. if somebody wants to compare their lives to yours, then it has to be like, the kids have to be the same age. Right. Like. You got to do at least as close to apples to apples as you can not like, hey, I'm taking me now the 10 year ago you. That would be more close of apples to apples. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. I I do all of my meeting on Zoom. Why? Because I know that I want to work to continue to work remote. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, besides speaking in front of real people, an audience on a stage, this is really the only thing that I do real with people. And of course, networking. But beside that, I'm behind my computer because one day I know that I'll be back in Europe, like in the middle of nowhere on a little farm by the ocean. And, and that's what drives me every day to wake up. Yeah, I know that I want a field of sunflowers in there. I, I mean, I have a specific vision of what my life is going to be in 10 years. And mm-hmm. every day I work for that. So and I you- love your vision because one of my visions is within the next five years is to be able to, as a family, go to Italy and be there for at least a month and doing like outreach and things like that while we're there and teaching and whatnot, but still 
very much have immersed my boys in that culture. And so when you say like the field of sunflowers and on the farm, that's my vision too. In Italy, I'm like, I have my little villa in the field of wildflowers and then we're walking to the village. (laughs) You know, what's interesting, uh, this is actually fascinating that you said that because when clients say this to me, I make them just take a piece of paper and make it real. Mm-hmm. What, what is it going to take? Look at a villa and look, truly, you think that it's going to cost you a fortune and it really does not. You're right. Because, you, but when you put it for real, then you're like, okay, yes, now mm-hmm. I have the numbers. But a lot of time, it's actually cheaper than going to Disney World for a week. Totally. Right. And that, cause my husband thought I was insane. He was like, you're going to what? We're going to do what? And I was like, no. And just like you said, like I did the research on villas, like I did, where are they located to the towns? What type of town do we want to be of service to like orphanages or, you know, things like, and I, I came back to him. I'm like, it's totally freaking doable. It's like the cost oh, yeah. of our sending our kids to camp all damn summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And, right. And, and, and if you pick a town then who's not very well known, like in between Montepulciano and it's, it's a tiny village who's not known at all in Toscany, where you definitely have this kind. You can find some Airbnb. Yeah. Before July, so the so which is great for us because the 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 United States school finish you know in June mm-hmm. and June to July because July is when in Europe the high season becomes right. So if you do it in June May, you still have Look great that. weather. As soon as my kids get out of school, we're out of here. Damn. <laughs> You're gone. Yes, I love it. See, I've already taken something away of value already. And we're only five minutes in. Here you are. Here you are. What's next? How how much how much can I help you but today? I'm gonna make your Friday like uh, you're gonna be tonight, you're gonna be this was the best Friday I've had. Yes, all the dreams coming true. Make all the dreams come true. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. I think that there's something very, when you have that vision and you're working to manifest those dreams, like I think that there's something very magical that happens within the self and also how you interact with those people around you. Because the more you believe in it, the more you work towards it, the more powerful you become, right? Like, I think that that's, and I love that you both are in alignment with like going and living somewhere in the, you know, Mediterranean coast and villas and tiny farms. <laughs> like not my dream. I'll come visit though. Make sure there's like, a guest house for me. You just want to come visit. That's what it is. <laughs> I don't Make sure there's a guest people. house for me. I don't want to see people. <laughs> I see, I get, to, I'm going to have to see them on Zoom. So for me, this is it. I can be on in my farm. I can have the water. I can have some flowers and I can go and get my eggs from the chicken and uh, I mean, this is it. This is life for me. You know, I know like a lot of people are like, oh, you're so sophisticated. But if you really see my dreams at the end of the day, it's like, I just want to live on the farm. I want to right. grab my milk from the cow, get the vegetables <laughs> from the yard. Well, I think at the end of the day, honestly, if we really like dug into people, they want the reason that they want the success is because they want the security. Mm -hmm. But they want the simple life. Like they don't want the pressure. They don't want to have to perform. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, people don't want all that responsibility and pressure, but they want the financial security. And I think our society sets it up where you have to choose. And I'm like, no, embrace the and. It can be both. You can do both. And and, and in that, there's two kinds of people. There's people who want the success because of the power. 
right? And yep. then feel powerful. So it's more of an ego thing. Yep. And yep. then you have people who want the success because they know then the success is going to really help them to achieve their dream, to be able to give back to the community, yep. to be able to do all these things that they wanted to do. So, you know, I think sometimes we also need to see where is that success and security driven? Mm-hmm. Is it yep. driven by the ego, by like, I want it all. And then at the end, we end up having nothing when we go that route usually. And yeah. or do we just want the, really the dream of community really at the end? Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Back. Yes. Yeah. And I think that there's when you look at what is the driving factor, I think you can have the material part of it be the driving factor if that's what will give you that security and that peace. And that you may have a bigger reason, a bigger legacy reason for wanting that stuff. Like maybe it's a goal of being able to be like philanthropic, right? Maybe it's a goal of because you believe that when you reach this threshold that you will be able to manage life better, right? No, money can't buy happiness, but money makes it a lot easier to to live. Yes. It can solve a lot of problems. It can solve a lot of problems. I I love, Jenny, that you brought that because one of my, I don't have too many materials dream. I I still don't have TV in my house. And trust me, I can afford TV. I don't have the latest iPhone because mine works. I definitely live in a European mentality still. Then if my dishwasher breaks, I'm going to repair it before I buy a new one. But I did want a BMW convertible. And I had a minivan, right? And every time I would get into that minivan, it would suck the life Mm. out of me. Because... It was like, I just need to do the changes. And my own coach actually said, she's like, Katya, exactly like what we talked about with Italy with you, right? She was like, how impossible it is. I was like, I can't justify putting that kind of money in a material thing. This is not something I believe. I'd rather take a trip or I'm big on experiences. And she was like, well, why don't you put some research into it? And literally, I decided to put my minivan for sale at a certain price. It was an old minivan. Three kids went through this minivan. (laughs) And it was sold literally in two weeks. And I was like, okay, well, now I need a car. (laughs) And I did find, so I actually drive a BMW convertible. And I barely put $1,300 on top of my minivan when I sold my minivan. And trust me, it was an old minivan. I didn't sell it for much. Right. Uh, but it's a very old car. It's a classic. So it's 2005 BMW. It has no outside spot. It's got an 140,000 mile, but it runs. It's so, 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 so beautiful. I feel like a million bucks when I, I know I can hear it in your I voice. I can see it in her face, yeah. right? Like she's like, lighting up talking yes. about this 16 year old car. Like right, it's right, fantastic. Right. <laughs> right. But, but I think sometimes this is it. And I ride with, I mean, I'm an outside girl. I'm always outside if I can be. And I ride with that top down and I arrive at meeting. I feel good and mm-hmm. it, it empowers me. It gives yeah. me a different attitude than arriving at the same meeting with a minivan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really, it costed me, yeah, I think it was like $1,300 on top yes. of mm-hmm. the minivan. So yes. really, it had nothing to do with how expensive was the car. It was just the fact that I just wanted to arrive in a meeting where I actually looked like I was the professional that I'm, I'm telling people I am on the stage. Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Wow, my entrepreneur's journey. So I, I know, Sarah's like, wait. 
I know Jenny mentioned it. I, <laughs> and she's going to now leave me hanging. <laughs> so I came in America. I was 20 years old. I came uh, to work for the hairdresser of the White House. That's how I came. I was a hairdresser. Stop it. Are you serious? <laughs> I was one of 22 French hairdressers who came for that. It was awesome. It was a, a great time. But I am the daughter of two entrepreneurs. And both of my parents, in between the two of them, they had three companies. And uh, so I was bathed into it. That was our dinners. That was, mm-hmm. and just being an employee wasn't satisfying to me. Right. I wanted to work more, but I really wanted the business side. So I start, you know, I came down North Carolina, opened, opened a work for someone, then opened the salon. I loved it and it was doing great. And I was like, okay, let me continue. And then of course I wanted bigger. And I wanted to have a spa. So I opened a 3,000 square feet facility. It was absolutely beautiful. Truly, it was like you arrived in France and it was magical. I built it from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And then something happened there. We had the, literally, I had the best employees. I had like curated them like so well. And we had the best product and we were giving so much. And the business actually did not work. And after five years, I had to close the doors. And when that happened, I took it on me. It wasn't then the business, like Groupon, Living Social came out at the same time. And people, like the economy was tanking at the same time. There was a bunch of, of, of things that happened. And I was like... Oh my gosh, I have to close. But then suddenly I was the failure. It wasn't the, the business who fell. Right. It was really me. And, and that was really a hard, a hardship. I was like, well, I, I am done. I never want to own a business anymore. I never want to. This is it for me. I'm just going to go and do my childhood dream. So I went and became a photojournalist. I am published and into a national So magazine. wait a minute. You went from hairdresser at the White House to opening your own from the ground up 3,000 square foot studio to then journalist? Photojournalist. So you're like, like, oh, why not? I'll just be a photojournalist. Like, where did that come from? That actually came from the fact that I wanted to go back to school. And at the time I was told by someone then, yeah, no, I wasn't speaking English well enough, then I wouldn't be able to do this. And the moment then you put something like that uh, on me, I was like, I'm going to prove to you. Yeah, watch this. I know, hold my beer. That's right. Let me show you what I can do. My wine, my wine. I don't drink beer, yeah. but <laughs> I love her more and more with every I, second. <laughs> but it was it was truly one of those moments where I was like, I'm gonna do this. And I continued even through my divorce at that time too. Like, you know, I was like, I am gonna graduate and show then if we want something and if we will work hard enough, even with three kids at home mm-hmm. and the craziness of that, I graduated with honors with a 3.78 GPA and, and walked and I had been already published by the time in a national magazine and I was getting well-known. I still sell my photo to stock photography and I loved it. But something happened during these four years. Then I was really working with amazing photographers, amazing artists who were so good at their trade and yet so bad at business. Mm. Because as creatives, nobody takes, like nobody stops to say, and it's not just creatives, like it's almost any industry that where you go and get this education, right? That they teach you how to do, but they don't teach you what to do. That's right. 
So when they don't teach you what to do and you're supposed to go out there and hang your shingle and do whatever it is. I mean, Sarah, you can speak to this from social work. Like it's you go and get a master's in social work and you're completely, (laughs) no, they don't tell you how to run a business. They don't tell you any of that. You're left hanging and it's just a shortfall of the system. Right. That was a big part. I started to really talk to my peers and see where was the lack. Mm-hmm. And the business person in me was, I'd never, it had been shut down in some ways by the failure, but it was never gone. Right. But then I was like, how can I teach these people when I had this spa who fell? So I actually kind of reopened the spa in all the paperwork and decided to look at the reason where did I fall short? Mm-hmm. Why did the spa did not work when their hair salon worked before? What was so different? And it took me about a good three months to really like spending each evening doing that. And from that, I came up with a formula. I was like, okay, I see. I see where I fell short and I shared it with a couple of my creative, couple of the photographers into my class and it worked well for them. And I was like, this is it. This is what I meant to be. And I love starting businesses. So I felt like being a business coach was going to give me the opportunity to start a business with each of my clients. Mm-hmm. But yet it's not my business. Right. Uh, it's their business. And I have been doing that now for quite a bit. And I love it. I breathe it. I I mean, each of my clients are super successful. And my goal is to take them to six figure. That's the thing. And I help them by putting them on stage. And how do we create a signature talk? How do you mm-hmm. talk properly to give your audience something? How, yeah, all the fundamental. And I love it. You talked about how when you first came with the idea, you were like, how am I going to do this if the salon failed? That was such a deep failure for you inside that you put it on yourself. It was something you, it wasn't something the business. So how did you rebound from that and find that courage to be like, okay, I'm going to work through that. What'd you do to work through that? I hired a coach, number one. Number two, she kept saying it was just a business. It wasn't personal. It was just a business. And when you hear it enough and you Mm -hmm. say it enough, I was like, it's not about me. And I felt like I wouldn't do my job. I am very talented at what I do and I am very good at it. And I felt like I I would be holding people back by not offering my gift to them. Yes. I think it was a totally changed of mindset. It was like, I have this gift. I have to give it. And for the people who really want it, the people who really want to make money and who are willing to work hard, then I can help them. It took me really, really three months to looking at the paper was really, you were collecting the proof. Yeah. You were collecting all the evidence. I like, I love how we've had multiple conversations with multiple guests that keep coming back to this theme of owning your gift, owning your zone of excellence, owning your zone of genius, like playing to your strengths, looking at what you have to offer and recognizing that once you build that proof, like Sarah's saying, her program is based off of this like proof, truth. What is it? Lie, Lie, truth, truth, proof. Yep. Lie, truth, proof. 
yeah. <laughs> lie proof, whatever it is, evidence. <laughs> like you gather the evidence to bust out that lie, right? Like you yeah. bust down the lie, like the lie that you were telling yourself that this was a personal failure without recognizing all the external forces that were literally pushing in on yes. this to create this perfect superstorm where there was nowhere to go but collapse. Correct. And then recognizing exactly what happened and then building the process out after that of how can you take this and take this gift and share it with the world. I love that. Like, well, um, and it's totally like, it's made me think of like the Phoenix, right? So the mm-hmm. salon crumbled ashes, but then when you went and you looked through the ashes and you're like picking through the ashes, the Phoenix yeah. of your signature system was then born. That's mm-hmm. right. That's and you right. would have never known that signature system if it wouldn't have crashed and crumbled for you to take the time and actually dig through everything and figure out, okay, here's how to do it better. So that's the first thing, right? It's just like, we have to go through that to get the ashes, to yeah. get the lesson, to rise like the Phoenix. But then you said how you were like, listen, if I'm not providing this for the world, I am robbing them. I'm doing a disservice. Like I'm not owning my gifts, which means I'm stealing it from other people. That positive impact that we can all have on other people. When we don't put our gifts out there, when we don't own our gifts, we are stealing that from other people. It's kind of like, instead of us lifting people up, we're keeping them small. Yes. And I I say it's like drowning and I have a lot of life best throwing it. Right. Yes. You're one of the people on the Titanic, not letting people into the lifeboats. That's right. I talk a lot about this into with my client, because I said, if we are in business, we are in self. If you yeah. don't think of you as a self person in business, then you, you're really lying to yourself. And it's not, we have all of these like salesy people, like in town mind or like the bad sales, I don't know, car person or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is for you, then you relate. Oh, I, I surely, I am not a salesperson, but I really feel like that's that. It's when we are not into telling people, Hey, I have this life jacket and you need it. I have it. I'll be very happy to sell it to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, if there was really someone drowning. Right, right, right. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, this is probably like not the best example I could have said. No, on I do love that though. I do <laughs> no, love that. No, but it's that. a great metaphor, right? Because like, that's people the, will yeah. drown by themselves instead. They will yes. drown by themselves yes. rather than reach out for help or right. say they need mm-hmm. help or pay right. for the help. Yep. They will drown. Yes. And it's so frustrating for me when I see people who need yes. it and would be saved by it. Right. We're going with this whole analogy yeah like i'm like just take the damn life preserver right. <laughs> like, and you're I'm literally standing next to them you. like sh- trying to like put it in their hands yeah. and yeah. they're like and no but i can do this by myself because somebody told me i have to pull myself up by my bootstraps and i right. need to be the one to do it yeah and i you know asking for help is weak when people don't understand the inherent strength in outsourcing and asking for help Yes, right. even more right now. I, people need really a lot of help right yes. now. Mm-hmm. And people like me, I created this this in, entire group called You've Got This, being an entrepreneur in a COVID world, where every day I put, I put some inspiration and some days I put literally like a free coaching. Mm-hmm. Like there's no sales. I'm not talking mm-hmm. to you about my service. It's like a totally free coaching. I charge a lot of money for my coaching. And sometimes... You see, people actually don't take it. Right. And you're like, I, I'm giving it to you for free. 
and you don't want it because you don't want to show where you have the new drowning. You don't right. want people to know mm-hmm. you're drowning. And this is Ooh, where the point. ego that this is, a good is where point. the ego into business owners is really like rising up in this time right mm-hmm. now. They're like, no, I don't I don't need help. I'd rather buy the twenty nine dollar thing online than I saw, you know, where they promised me I'm gonna do six figure. I'm never gonna finish it. But I mm-hmm. yeah. uh, they promised it and so I'm that gonna, nobody'll see me like like, oh, yes. what you just said. For those of you listening, in case you missed it, she just said something huge important was like, oh, that's a good point. Is that she was saying people don't want you to see that they're drowning. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they'll buy the $29 online course and be like, I'll do it alone in my sanctuary so nobody sees that I'm drowning. When instead of just being like, let me take the life preserver of this person who is helping, because then that person's going to know I'm drowning. Mm-hmm. Right. I never freaking thought of it that way. There's something so insidious about the fear of failure. Yes. That it literally will eat in there. Then it brings up all that imposter syndrome bullshit. Right. And then it brings up all that, all the shame, all the shame and vulnerability and more shame and more bullshit. So as we, kind of walk through that to have somebody at our side to say, look, I see you. I know you're struggling. Please let me help you. Yeah. yeah, Right. Like when you put it out there, eventually they may come around. They may not, but at least you've offered. Correct. And that's my job right now. And I feel like that's my gift right now. It's really about like, how much can we give? How much support? This is a time of rising. And mm-hmm. if you are a leader, this is your time. This is yeah. your time where you're going to shine in a way. I'm not sure if that's the correct word, but take leadership and show people who you are and show what's your heart and what drives you. For me, it's really helping mm-hmm. people. So I'm doing all these things. And sometimes it's at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, if, if I would have had that, I would have jumped on this and seeing when then people, they don't want, they don't want you to know. It's like, oh. What's that metaphor when the ocean rises up, it lifts all the boats? Like when you, where, when you rise up the, when you. Oh, Jenny, you're asking a fine person. <laughs> hey, come on, girl. Like. <laughs> All these expressions. Right? Like, there's like, like, there's some metaphor. Obviously, I don't know what it is either. Tide because, raises all boats or something. Right. Like yeah. the, the, rising the rising tide, tide raises, raises all, all boats. Yeah. So like if you're the leader, yes, yeah, something. We'll get it eventually. See, this is why we're so Won't much fun to listen to. Because we are just a shit show waiting you know to happen. You know what? Joe is, is looking it up right now. Yeah, it's rising tides lift all the boats. Yep. The rising tide. Uh, we got it though, Jenny. We said it. We did. We figured it out. Okay. So say it, again, say it again. And tonight at dinner, I will find a way to bring that up. I'm yes. going to be looking like so smart. Okay. Right. Say it again, Joe. We're listening. <laughs> What's up? It's the rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. The right. Oh yeah. The rising tide lives the all- Totally got it. Yeah. <laughs> I, will so, text like, you. I will text you girls tonight. Yes. I, I look so smart at dinner. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm probably going to totally mess it up by tonight. It's going to end up like the ships are rising and you never know. Landing on sandbars and hitting icebergs <laughs> and hey. But that meant that we were all lifted up. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of boat metaphors, right? Just like we the did. I was thinking that the too, rising tides. Well, and the, yeah, maybe we're. This, this is interesting. I come from a village in the in the ocean, and my dad, my dad fish, and, and in the morning I had the luxury of asking what kind of fish I wanted for dinner, and when I'm on vacation, and he goes and fish it for me. But of course, I refer I refer a lot to ship. But I tell people, I say, you know, our job as business owners is to prepare our ship to go. 
meaning we need to do money generating activities instead of creating and creating and creating. We really need to focus on giving to our clients because this is the number one priority, our clients, our gems, our diamonds. And then the second thing is really doing things then, okay, I'm sending the ships, I'm sending the ships. And in the time of the explorers, because I'm going to become totally European on you, right? At the time of the explorers, you would send the explorers with everything they needed. You had their food and all that. And then they went and you didn't hear back from them. You were just looking. And one day they came back. Mm-hmm. And when they came back, you were ready to unload with all of these things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they crash in the middle of the ocean. They never come back. I tell my entrepreneurs, I say, we always, every day, we have to send ships every day because we don't know the one who will come back, but when they come back, we need to be ready to unload. Mm -hmm. And this is what money generating activities are. It's you sending the ship. It's you pitching yourself to conference, pitching yourself to podcasts, pitching yourself to doing outbound calls, calling Mm -hmm. people and all of these things. So just a side note, you talked about ships. I was like, no, I love that. Well, sending the ships is the money generating activities because we get so stuck in the creative and the perfectionism of the creative. If I can't send out the ship until the ship is absolutely perfect. My mantra. Meanwhile, like, yeah. People are dying in the water. You know, um, <laughs> they just want the great. damn ship. <laughs> they, they just want the damn boat. Like my mantra yeah. this week has just been having to repeat to myself: perfection is not better than done. That's perfection right. is not better than done because I do have the tendency surprise, surprise, to make sure that things are perfect (laughs) before I put them out there. And it's funny because it's in direct juxtaposition of my brand, which is very authentic, very Mm -hmm. like, hey, this is what's out there. But when it comes to like content that's going to be evergreen, other than like my live videos, which are just constant shows, which is fine, that I, I do want it to like reflect who I am, which is the educated expert in my whatever it is content that I'm putting out there. So it is very, very hard to remind yourself that it doesn't need to be perfect, that done is fine and it can always be tweaked later. Yeah, because it's always a work in progress. I I agree. I would add to that. I, I posted on, I'm very active on LinkedIn and I give a lot of content every day in there. And I think I posted, I think it was on, on Monday, something to this thing. Don't wait until it's perfect because it's never going to get done. One of the things that I see with my client is sometimes they want to be perfect because then they're unsure. Mm-hmm. They lack confidence. There is this tiny lack of confidence. It's what if it doesn't work? Am I ready for it if it doesn't work? If I spend more time to have it perfect, but there's never a perfect time. Our title sponsors for this show are Diane Kinlaw and Jamie Tulak. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or wish to refinance, why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the triangle housing market better than the back of her hand? As your local lender, Diane Kinlaw knows how important this area is to you because it's her home too. That's why she's made it a goal not to just be the best loan officer around, but a community leader supporting small businesses with referrals and networking events and supporting local charities with frequent fundraisers. If you're looking to move to Holly Springs or the surrounding area, or maybe interested in a refinance to lower your term or rate, Diane offers a wide array of programs to fit your family's needs. Let her be a part of your path home. A home doesn't have to be a dream. Let Diane make it a reality. 
You can contact us at www.goprime.com and search for Diane or call 919-624-9541. GoPrime Mortgage Incorporated Company, NMLS number 69551. Diane Kinlaw, NMLS number 1600777. GoPrime is an equal housing opportunity lender. Today's show sponsor, Jamie Tulak of EXP Realty, has a passion for serving clients and nearly a decade of industry experience as a top producing realtor and designer. Jamie Tulak of EXP Realty will help you reach your real estate goals. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, or renting in today's market, having an experienced real estate expert working for you is crucial. And don't forget to ask her about her hometown heroes credit for military, police, firefighters, teachers, and medical providers. Contact Jamie Tulak today at 559-707-1913. That's 559-707-1913. MRP certified. I have a series which you were a guest on. Actually, this is the perfect example. This is the perfect example. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking of it now. <laughs> so I had this entire series. I'm bringing guests and the series is called Business with Experts. And you come as a guest and we take the first one was really like, whoa, like I had to learn technology in like 10 minutes because Zoom wasn't working that way. And I'll spare you all the detail, but I could have very easy gave up. I was like, oh no, we're doing this and we'll be on time. I might, one of my pet peeves is be on time. I'm yes. always on time uh, anywhere. Then, for example, with Jenny, it didn't actually go live. It said we were live. It did mm-hmm. the countdown. Everything worked. We had to redo it. Now, of course, since then, I while the person introduced herself, I go on Facebook. I make sure that we are live. So I learned from this lesson. But we could have kind of... I could have stopped there and say, you know, like this is this is a waste of time. We continued, but my gosh, it surely wasn't perfect. Right. Uh, and there are so many decisions that go into just that space, right? Because you could have not reached out to me and you could have said, hey, you know what? This sucks, but it didn't go live and I'm sorry and left it at that. You could have, I could have said, no, it's, I'm not going to come back on. Like literally, right. like she messaged me and it was <clears> like, I don't know what happened. I can't find the video. It's not live. It said it was live. I don't know what's going on. Is it possible? Can we redo that? And I was like, sure, just I got to figure it out on my end. My husband's on some calls. Let me get to where I can be free again. And here, so, here we went and we did better yeah, the second time. That's that's right. That's <laughs> right. But a couple of things on each side, two things on my part is I was willing to be humble mm-hmm. to say I'm something messed yeah. up. It didn't mm-hmm. work. The second thing was commitment. I had told my tribe and she was going to be on that day. I will not go back on my word. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing. On her part, it was the willingness of being gracious to Mm -hmm. say, wow, she had just told me like she admired me and all that. And I'm totally, totally flunking. So, and second, it took another 30 minutes of her day where she had already like a crazy day happening where she has a husband and a child at home. Then I didn't have to, to, for me to deal with. So I think on both sides, they really took a lot of work. What could have been really like a 20 minutes mm-hmm. live ended up being a three hour thinking on both sides. It wasn't perfect, but we did it. And we said we did what we had committed to do. Hey, I appreciate you as well. That actually was a great learning experience for me too. Everything's a learning experience because done is better than perfect. 
Yep. That's right. I was going to say, you have to say it that way because when your mantra has not in it, your brain doesn't like that. So right. done, is better, than done is better than perfect. Yes. That's what I'm going with. Done is better than perfect. Um, that is life right now. Yes. <laughs> Preach. All right. So Sarah's, I can see Sarah queuing up. We're going to go into the lightning round. So um, as I said, she's just going to rapid fire questions at you and you're just going to say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Ready. What is your favorite place in the world? Borneo. I spent some time in Malaysia on the island of Borneo and I loved it. I love the people there. Awesome. Is that going to be one we one have not heard before? I know. I'm kind of like, where, why, how? Where is Borneo? What is that? It's South Pacific, it's in, maybe? It's in, it's in Malaysia. I, I spent some time in Kaching and the people there were, uh, it, when I have a bad day, I go back to, to them and mm-hmm. to their lives and to how lucky I am to have a place to leave and, and such a big home. And my problem of today is really the trash being not taking out. Yeah. I, I, I go back to Borneo and to, to coaching especially. Gotcha. I get that perspective. I love that. How do you unwind? I dance. So I teach and dance Argentine tango. And, and I love that it. is I new love, information to right? me. So I did not, not know not that. A of, not a lot of people <laughs> know that, but I actually was at the international tango festival in, in LA and I was one of the judge and I performed in front of many people. I will send you the video if you want. Yes, yes please. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I unwind. Argentine tango. Amazing. I love all it. these layers. It is not what you think, though. I really did. So I spent, you know, a lot of time in in Buenos Aires. I I love going there, and it is not the dancing with the star thing. It's really <laughs> different. Okay. What has been the best advice you've ever received? Go for it. Don't be scared to stand up, and don't be scared to win just because others are losers. Okay. What keeps you up at night? Right now, the fact that I can't see my daughter and I just hope that she's safe. Mm. Yeah. If you were us, what is a question that you would ask you right now? What drives you to wake up in the morning? Mm. So what drives you to wake up in the morning, Katya? <laughs> my partner, my family, my clients, my business. Yep. You live to serve. That's your purpose, your mission in life. Yeah. And always did whatever stage of my life I was, you know. What do you want your legacy to be? I want my children to remember then at Christmas, the only thing that I really want is a gift certificate to like (laughs) kids in another country to like all of these kind of stuff. And my legacy is already that like my kids think I'm so boring (laughs) because they're like, like at Christmas, they're giving me these gift certificates for someone to take to school for a year or Mm -hmm. for I'm big on human trafficking. That's kind of, that's my, that's my philanthropy. My daughter was spent $20 last year at Christmas doing gift me that and it was so hard for her because it wasn't something that she could give me and I'm gonna get but she knew then that was uh, the only thing who really mattered to me this is my legacy for my children to see then there's so much more out there than 
we are so lucky. We are mm-hmm. stuck right now during COVID, but we are safe. And yeah. in the big scheme of things, we have food mm-hmm. and we have shelter. So, yeah. Okay. Last one. What would your theme song be? We are the champions. <laughs> yes. Would you start it off with the, we will rock you though? Would it be like the full, we will rock you into we are the champions? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I can see that. If it would have not been used, it, that song was used and now I, I, it's hard. I, before the election, I probably would have told you it was like my way. But uh, now I have this bad thing. Like, I mean, I, I like for me, it's like, I'm not so sure about that. Right. I don't want to say that because now people are going to think. But that is a, the alternate would be oh, yeah. Sinatra, but not yeah. in that. Yes. yes. Got it. That's awesome. That's funny. So tell us how, and tell our listeners how they can find you. Okay, they can find me, Katia Ravi, on, on pretty much all social media. On Facebook, it's Ravi Strat- Rave Strategy Studio. I'm going to say like th- with the American way. Um, <laughs> but uh, right now, I have two things. Like, I really want people to get in that group. And you got this, Entrepreneur in the COVID World where I give a lot of content and, and then they can also find me every Monday. I'm offering now networking event every Monday at 4 PM. So if, you know, I could put the, like, I don't know if you guys like share links or anything like that. But well, what we're um, going to do is I, I did take a screenshot. So, and this um, right now, this little part of it. tell us when that was happening? Was I, that like- I timed it. Yes. I timed it so that everybody's faces <laughs> were not like, mm. but what we'll do is we'll post that we were recording and then you can, you know, we'll tag you and you can throw the links or whatever in the comments. Perfect. Perfect. But yeah, social media, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all platforms, mm-hmm. LinkedIn, Instagram. Every day we post on Insta and uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and encouragement about like, Hey, this is hard having a business. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just sent it. you on LinkedIn. So don't deny me. Click accept. <laughs> Are you already following me on Instagram? Mm-hmm. I am. All right. All right. She does. She has good content, Sarah. Awesome. I would highly recommend it. Awesome. And I yeah, hope to catch your networking, one of your networking things. I don't remember what happened this week, but because I had it on my calendar, but something else happened. I don't remember what. I, I, but, um, so busy though. I mean, I, I mean, for me, I'm busier than ever. Me you know? Yeah. 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 The, yeah. For the first two weeks, I was feeling that, that gaping hole of not having, not be able to leave my house. And then this week it kind of settled down. I think that's part of the reason why, like I had this semi-depressed day yesterday that it was just like everything sank in and I didn't have all the things planned, but I needed the break. Right. Like, was it too much of a break? And I can still freelance. Right. And we need to extend to I tell my clients, like extend grace to yourself because right Mm. now this is, this is a time where we need to, we need to be gracious with our own selves. I want to thank you so much for, for having me, Joe, for being present and listening to girl (laughs) chatting and and Sarah for your amazing question. And now I can't wait to hear what your Italy trip going to look like. And, and Jenny, it's, it's just been awesome during this time just to, you know, to get to know you and to, Mm -hmm. you know, to really get to know you on a more intimate level, I guess. I agree. It's, yeah. it's, it's been really fun. So thank you. Thank you so much oh, for having thank me. You. Oh, we're so thank glad you. you could We've be here. It. We will, and we'll definitely be connected and I'll post that on the Girls Who Do Stuff page later oh, today. Oh, I have one more thing. Can I say yes. one more thing? 
Yes. I have a book coming out. Oh my God, that's what <laughs> That's right. I have a book coming because the book is not out yet. I don't right. think of it, right? Because we said, out. let's schedule this in time so that you can push the book. Yes, yes, yes. I have a book coming out. So it's, it's going to be delayed a little bit. Uh, so it's now in October, but I am very excited. I have not shared the title yet with anybody. It's still a surprise. The title is there. The cover is there. It's it's looking fantastic. But I really hope then then people will get it because it's all about really business and how to make sure that we have our fundamental. And of course, if they want to hear me rant, they can go to my podcast and uh, rave with uh, Strategy Studio, rave with Katia Ravi is uh, the podcast. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. All right. No, it's perfect. (laughs) Thank you so, so much, Katia. Listen, you have a great day and I look forward to seeing you online again soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 